Hey, this is Gordon. It's Allison. And this is Just Add Soy Sauce, episode 10, double digits. <laughs> That's funny. I wasn't expecting that. I'm a little nervous. I know you are. You know, <laughs> I'm like, my, my palms are sweating right, right now. Right when we pressed record, you, you said that. And you know, it made me think of that time when you went to this, I don't know why you went to it, but it was in San Francisco at this big conference center and it was like this woman's gathering. And like Nancy Pelosi was there. And, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And all these, all these uh, female leaders. Yeah. And you know, one, you know, and it was, it was a very inspirational time. And one thing that you came back and you told me immediately was like, you were just so impressed with all these women of color that told their stories, um, painful stories. Yeah. But they did it with such like. A, Yes, and ownership mm-hmm. and, and 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 whatever it was I'm not even sure yeah but you can tell that they worked out their story yeah 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 and then yeah. they they that was powerful yeah and they and that comes through experience we, we ultimately talked about it, it's like they must have done this a lot right. they must have got a community they much have they must have you know did their homework yeah and so you're nervous right now but it's just it's kind of like a rite of passage you kind of <laughs> need to do it right I guess so. <laughs> you know, that's the only way you get from A to B, right? Sure. So. No, that's I, it's, it's funny that you bring that up. So thank you mm-hmm. because that's encouraging. I remember the exact um, feeling that I had when I came back. I was super inspired. Yeah. Like I was sitting up and I was like, dude, I was floored by how powerful their stories were, mm-hmm. even though sometimes painful, sometimes, you know, with a lot of hurt. Yeah. But they they delivered in such a way that was um i don't know i was just floored i remember yeah, that feeling so a, thank you yeah um so yeah then i get to- <laughs> and i'm pretty relaxed over here cuz i'm just i'm just the wingman today all right so, uh, okay so-, so it's my turn to tell talk about me a little bit um and so gordon broke it down into 10 different kind of quote unquote labels that he gave to himself i don't have that many labels um and but I, and i don't know that it maybe it is kind of chronologic but i only have 5 um and these the way that i thought about telling this was just if somebody were to ask who are you allison um these i think would be the five things that as far as i know right now in my like I was could still consider myself pretty young. Mm-hmm. So as far as I know right now, this is who I would say, um, these are the five things I would say are, are who, things that define me. Yeah, what and, makes you. Yeah, yeah what makes sure. me. Um, okay, so let me just jump right in. The first one um, is Daughter of the King. And I know you all who are listening already know that both, both Gordon and I are Christians. We talked a little bit about our faith. You've, ta- you've heard a little bit about my faith journey and how I was not a churched person. And then I came back to Christ. And so when I say daughter of the king, I feel like this is um, the way that I see Christianity and the way that I've lived out my faith coming back to the Lord um, after not having grown up in church and not knowing church lingo and all that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. But um, this one description of being called daughter of the king, it it was the turning point for me um, when when I came back to Christ, and it was because, um, oh man, how do I describe it? Like the visual that I had. Um, when somebody said, oh, you're a daughter of the king, 
at first it took me a second. I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> like mm-hmm. by being a Christian and you're a daughter of the king, you know? And then I kind of broke down in my head visually, like, okay, I pictured a king, right? And I pictured the daughter of a king, which would mean she's a princess, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, and I imagined the way a princess holds herself. I imagined a way, the way that a princess might walk around and might, and don't like, I'm not thinking fairy tale princess. Okay. I'm thinking like a good princess, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that is not like super, I don't know. Like I, I just thinking about a good princess, what that would look like and, and how she would posture herself. And you know, if she kind of like in Aladdin, like if princess Jasmine were to walk out into the street and they knew that she was a princess, everybody would be like, oh, it's the princess. We have to respect her a certain way or we have to treat her a certain way or something. Right. And so I imagine that. And when I first heard somebody reference um, my position as a Christian, as you're a daughter of the king, like it automatically moved me mm-hmm. to be like, wow, that means I'm kind of like a princess. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? No, I don't, it has I'm not articulating it well. It's okay. It has everything to do with value. Yes. You know, and it's funny that you mentioned Aladdin because that's exactly what I think. Oh, yeah? When you, when you say that. Yeah. It, it's that exact scene where she's wearing a hoodie and she, she's unknown. Yeah. And then, you know, all those, like, guards with machetes or yeah. whatever, and they're not listening to her. She's like, I'm the sultan's daughter. She takes her hood off yeah. and everyone's like, <gasps> Right. You know, and now she has authority. Exactly. You know? And now her, her word and her words and her person is is heard. Right. You know? Right. And... Um, and that's, yeah, right. That's just a fairy tale. Right. But it's just an analogy right. of where you thought you were before mm-hmm. and then um, how God has always seen you. Correct. And and, and uh, God, of course, is king. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that that's the way that I see my Christian walk. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so you, you know, you know me, like I don't use the word Christian a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, and because in my mind, I think I'm still learning and growing from, from, from that history of yeah. Christianity for sure. me. Um, but yeah, when I, when I think of myself as daughter of the King, not that I'm all arrogant either. And I walk right. around with like a chip on my shoulder. Yeah. No, but there's a certain posture or a certain confidence and a boldness that you walk around with that is different um, knowing that you've got the king who's got your back. Yeah. I, you know? I feel like when you when those things have come up in conversation, it, it has come with, like, you no longer have to strive. Mm-hmm. Um, you, don't, you no longer have to people please mm-hmm. or, like, get hung up on, you know, how a person may have treated you or, right. or whatever. Right. That you're, you're so sure. Yes. who you are I'm so yeah. sure and and I think that's why that had to be number one on my on my list of like who is Allison mm-hmm. because that is the moment that I realized that that helped me in my identity search and my work yeah right and everything and else stems from that right? everything yeah. else stems mm-hmm. from that so every, all, all the next four it really stems from that that is the root and so whenever oh and then let me just disclaim this every one of these things that i'm going to list today all five of them i'm like they're works in progress right i'm like there are certain things that a part of my identity um that i've learned a little bit more about myself and Mm -hmm. i've I've grown a little bit more and then there's things that i'm still in the trenches of right now so you're going to hear it all but yeah daughter of the king is the root for me and i always that's my foundation i go back to it 
Yeah. Whenever I start questioning my value, whenever I start questioning myself as an Asian American female, like mm-hmm. I go back to I'm a daughter of the king. Yeah. yeah. I'm getting kind of teary. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. But anyways, okay, so that's that's the first one. Um second on my list is I'm a survivor. Um so I am a survivor of physical and sexual abuse. And this is, you could probably imagine why this was a nervous one um, to talk about, right? And um, for, for you, I probably haven't really talked about it. I don't even know. Maybe just, yeah, not, not, not too many, I would say. Sure. Um, and anyways, um, this is a crucial part of my, my story, my identity, um, and I hold it very dearly and I think I am probably just now at a place in my life where I can hold this story and tell it with um, a level of clarity um, without it hurting me, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? Because it's tricky and this is something that I learned um, when I was doing uh, crisis counseling work Mm -hmm. um, early on. And one of the things, the visuals, again, I'm a very visual person. One of the things that the trainer had said was, you know, your story, especially your traumatic story, is like a candle Mm -hmm. with a flame, right? And that flame, if you hold it too close to you, um, it can burn you. But if you hold it too far from you, meaning you don't tell your story at all, you know, it's not effective. You don't feel the warmth from it. It could possibly... Um, the flame can be put out really easily, but you hold it at a safe enough distance where you can talk about your story without it burning you. Um, but then you can talk about it just enough so that it's not distant either and Mm -hmm. that it's still authentic and real. Right. And so I think I'm just now at that place in, in my life where I feel comfortable, um, kind of talking about it and sharing about it because honestly, that part of my story has, has grown me Mm -hmm. like it was in that part of my story where I I came back to Christ Mm -hmm. and then and then I started doing a lot of identity even more identity work yeah yeah. right and I kind of took an unconventional approach you did so much (laughs) I was so uncomfortable like wow you're gonna do that okay I'll support you you I know but I was just like whoa I would never do this myself but yeah yeah we, we 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 saw a lot you know from what you did yeah, and and so it was right. Yeah, it was right at the time where I I came. I was newer back to Christ. Mm-hmm. I was starting to like discover who am I really, yeah. right? And then started had to unpack all this pain and history, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And praise the Lord that you were with me at the time, because it would not have worked if I was trying to venture this into myself, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 really, I feel like God put you in my life for that because it was during that time we weren't married yet, mm-hmm. but it was we were still in grad school, and. Yeah. I decide to delve into all these different types of organizations, right? And I don't know if I was fully aware at the time this was what I was doing, Mm. but in retrospect, I can see why I decided to choose what I did. So I I volunteered for um, an organization that um, supports survivors, abuse survivors, women abuse survivors who have... um, uh, 
well, anyways, I, I got training as a as a peer counselor mm-hmm. and a crisis counselor, right? Yeah, yeah. And and in those hours of training, obviously, um, there were other things that you can do in that organization. And so not only was I a peer counselor, I was a crisis counselor, but I also manned the hotline. And then I also accompanied um, rape or or recently um, raped individuals to their uh, rape kit visits Mm -hmm. at at the hospital, right? And, oh gosh, I'm so glad you were in the trenches with me in those times. (laughs) Yeah. I remember during your, like, your, your, like, commencement for, like, oh, yeah, you guys are, you're, you guys are certified counselors now, Mm -hmm. and, like, bring, bring a, you know, a a special person to support you in this commencement, and, like, I didn't know what to expect. I'm, like, what is this, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, like, I, I, I would like to think I'm a pretty eloquent guy. Yeah. And so we're in this room, you know, just like, you know, maybe a dozen people and like, you know, a handful of women who decided to do this training with you. And then your your teacher was like, you know, was like, oh, yeah, Allison has mentioned you a lot in the training. And, you know, and like, do you want to say something? I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, because yeah. a lot of a lot of, you know, other guys said something. Yeah. But like, honestly, there wasn't really something in me. Yeah. You know, I'm just like learning and observing and and I'm like. Oh, come on, dude. You know, and really, <laughs> yeah. that's how, like, new it was for me. Yeah. And I'm sure it was new for you, but I was just like, okay, you know. Right. And, and man, was it, we learned a lot. It was very you know? eye-opening. Yeah. It was very eye-opening. And, and as you can imagine, you know, us as Asian Americans, I had been from yeah. a place where I was very much in my bubble, right? Uh, um, and there were not a lot of Asian Americans in that space. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... It was so eye-opening. I mean, some of the calls that we had in the middle of the night, you know, yeah. and, and so the, all that to say that this part of my story, like I said, as a survivor, um, has shaped me in ways that I would have never imagined. I would not have gotten into any of those um, types of organizations or, um, yeah, I would not have exposed myself to any of those. And I say that now I probably understand why I got there is because I didn't go to see a therapist mm, right mm, away, mm-hmm. right? Be, as I was unpacking my, my story. Yeah. And, and now I'm seeing that I was more than likely utilizing the resources that I was being trained on to process things myself. And I'm not saying that's healthy. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I in fact, I, I probably don't agree that that is probably not healthy. Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. And, and it's probably why I couldn't sustain that work. Yeah. Um, for for a long amount of time, mm-hmm. right? But in the time that we did it, we our eyes were opened, and and that's actually when we probably got into other parts of our lives where we started to work on our marriage, and because some of that started spilling over, um, and some of that stuff that I started unpacking and having to figure out, like it started spilling over. So I did actually go and seek therapy, right, yeah. and mental health work. Um, so I think that's all I want to say about me being a survivor. But let me let me take a step back. Yeah. Because I think there's there's something to be said, you know. You mentioned you mentioned very quickly and you breezed over, but I want to go back. Um and and I want to talk about some patterns that we noticed. Mm. You know, you said you picked up some crazy calls. And, yeah. And and you, you know, mm. you you had some rough hours. And those are the those are the peak hours, you know, like straight up middle of the night, like yeah. swing shift, I guess, or graveyard. Yeah. Hours and and where you would have to be available on call that if someone was a female or anybody was in a crisis and they needed to talk to somebody they would go they would call into a main dispatch and that dispatch would contact and connect you to to mm-hmm. speak right mm-hmm. and honestly like 
the eye-opening thing for us was like literally anytime there was a holiday yeah a major holiday mm-hmm. um or it would be a rainy day yeah rainy, weather was bad yeah a rainy night literally you would get a prank call mm-hmm. you would get a prank call from some dude yeah you know mm-hmm. and and that just told me not just the depravity of humankind no mm-hmm. but it, it it really kind of like what we're doing right now in this podcast why you're nervous why we're recording this is that when a person is isolated when the mm-hmm. person is acting antisocial, when we're not speaking in a healthy way mm-hmm. yeah a rainy day will do it yeah you know a yeah. holiday where you don't have community that will do it that'll yeah. turn you over and you'll become some psycho right and right. and yeah anybody can be that person Right, you right, know, right. if if we are not connected in community, and but how are we doing that, right? Yeah, yeah. and 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 yeah, you, you know, and you also mentioned just like supporting and and being there at this community hospital, you mm-hmm. know, in this very vulnerable time, mm-hmm. you know, as the police collect evidence and information, and and you're that other person that's you know, yeah, that's supporting um, the survivor, mm-hmm. and um, and again, it's always two in the morning it's always yeah. you know three in the morning right yeah, yeah and and while you're and the poor thing you had to drive me there and wait in the freaking parking lot <laughs> no i was actually in the waiting room oh, okay? yeah, in the waiting room and man did i learn stuff <laughs> you know no really like you yeah. were you were like in the what er or whatever yeah. right mm-hmm, and it, mm-hmm. would, it would be like a two three hour ordeal yeah and i remember there's one time you had to support two women in one night mm-hmm. and and honestly like you learned a ton by being in the emergency room. I learned a ton being in the waiting room. You know? Yeah, yeah. Like, like the, these these incidences. Again, I'm not a, I'm not FBI. I'm not like you know yeah. some NCIS person. Yeah. But it usually happens on a Friday or a Saturday. Yeah. You know, and I'm sitting in the waiting room, and the whole room smells like a foot. <laughs> you know, and I'm just sitting there. You know, like just nervous and tired You're probably wondering what is this asian american guy yeah. doing sitting yeah. right here in the middle of the night and all these transient people come in and come out and these homeless guys you know yeah. just come in come out and i'm just sitting here this yeah. model minority dude <laughs> you know it's like don't don't ask what? i yeah. don't i even know how to explain it in one sentence okay i'm just sitting here but like the things that i saw it's just like yeah. the things that that we're passionate about yeah. you know like yeah uh, one uh, one thing like I see three Asian guys walk in and this guy's like literally bleeding from the, his head and like you know like like some kung fu movie like they're walking in and be like hey this guy was drunk he fell down a flight of stairs he's my friend and like they take him in immediately and these two guys like that helped him was like looking at each other and it's like uh okay yeah yeah uh, I'll see you tomorrow we'll, we'll get brunch and I was like so you're just gonna leave this your friend <laughs> like okay. You know, and then, you know, and again, know. like another group of young, <laughs> young, you know, millennials like us, bright millennials, you know, a group of six come in and like one of them has to go to the ER for like some, you know, alcohol intoxication. They sit in the waiting room for like 20 minutes and they're like, uh, yeah, I guess, uh, I guess I'll keep partying. So, all right, guys, I'll see you later. <laughs> Bye. And they're like hugging it out and like her their friend is like they don't even know how they're doing. It's like your friend could die, dude. You know, and just it, it just reminds me of just At least they brought him to the hospital. You know, yeah. But like <laughs> right? it reminds me of like, dude, 
I'm out of touch, you know, yeah. like that, that I used to strive for those things too. Yeah. And it, yeah. It, it, it hit hard being like, dude, I got to take things more seriously because yeah. life is real. For real. Know? Yeah, and, for sure. And yeah, so like, yeah, it was definitely a learning season, like not just for you, but like for yeah. me, like, yeah, I had no words. I'm just like, I'm just <laughs> observing. I'm just learning. I don't know anything. Yeah. So. I know. But yeah, I just kind of had to say that because like, yeah, we did more than just learn you know like mm-hmm. we, we saw some stuff you know and yeah and it shapes the way that we're not as opinionated we're not as like because it's like dude we don't know the whole story we, we don't, don't know every situation mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. so it just allows us to be a little bit more calm mm. and humble like yeah. to be like there's more to it than that it's it's definitely helped balance us a little, a little bit that's the word yeah we're a yeah. little bit more balanced in, in how yeah. we view or see things but not to say we're not judgmental i feel like oh heck yeah i mean <laughs> Come I on. feel like we're very opinionated and judgmental at times, but anyways, we can well, yeah, keep I that totally in check. Those I know. Like, I mean, yeah, we can keep that in check. But yeah, anyways, it, that that part of my identity, um, there are moments where I don't want to go and dwell in it, obviously, because yeah. again, it does, it can get painful. It's not productive. It can get mm-hmm. retriggering, and yeah. I'm at a place where yeah, it's not productive. Yeah. Um, but it, those are also that is also part of the story that um, has given me a lot of the insight that mm-hmm. I have today. Yeah. Um, and vote for both of us, like you said. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that's really why we always talk, like we're very on the same wavelength because we might've learned some of the same things. We experienced so much together. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's okay. Anyways, that, that's, that's it. And if, you know, I want to say this, um, I remember when I was not at the place I am now and when I was asking for help, when I was, mm a lot younger mm-hmm. um, when I didn't really know how to process um, what happened to me mm-hmm. and I remember trying to tell friends like peer groups yeah. you remember that yeah. I remember try, trying to tell peer groups about what happened mm-hmm. and they like I know now um, that I put them in a very unfair position mm-hmm. because when you say something like this to somebody they don't know how to respond yeah. And there's a lot of fear associated with how to respond. Am I going to say the right thing? Yeah. Am I going to say something that's going to offend them? And like, what, what do you say? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I, I want to say that because as you're hearing this story, and I know a lot of families hearing it, mm-hmm. like, I want you to be able to look me in the face yeah. the next time we meet. I want you to be able to to see me just as who I am, yeah. even knowing this is part of my story, because I know, like again, it's informed me. And it's not all of who you are. It's not. That's why. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And it's not. Um, it's not a pace of, a place of pain necessarily. Um, uh, it's not to talk just, about it. It's not just a right. place of pain. Exactly. Yeah. So so I'm very open. To talking about it and I will be very wise in the way that I talk about it because I know how to uh, keep my candle mm-hmm. at, a, at a healthy space and yeah. not bring it so close to me that it's gonna burn me yeah right and so that's what I want to say because I know that a lot of family is listening mm-hmm. and and I don't want you to be hesitant around me mm-hmm. right um, so I want to say that um, anyway so I'm probably getting kind of lengthy I have three more um, I'm a wife and like I mentioned earlier, uh, all of these things that uh, um, I'm labeling today, I'm, I'm in progress, right? And so uh, as a wife, we've been married a decade. 
Yeah, we've been married a decade. We already talked about how our early years were rough. Yeah. Um, and I would say it's probably only been the last couple of years where we've really developed a rhythm um, as husband and wife. Mm-hmm. And I want to say that my journey as a wife continues to grow. Um, and because I didn't have, um, I didn't really have good role models necessarily um, mm-hmm. in my life to see what it was like to be um, a wife. By no means are we saying that as an excuse. No, it's not an excuse. It's not an excuse. But I also didn't have anything to like pull from. Right. Like to learn from. Right. So, so really like the fact that we have now community in our lives who have taught us what it's like to be a married couple. I have some strong females in my life, you know, who are striving to be wives as well. And I say, I don't know if striving is the right word, but like who are also in process mm-hmm. of, of, of learning how to be a wife. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where I get my learning. And, mm-hmm. and so I'm not a perfect wife. You'll attest to that. I'm pretty darn close, I, I right, plead, honey? I plead the fifth <laughs> on this one. No, you know, yeah, I'm really happy. Yeah, I'm blessed. Should I give you the 20 bucks now? <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm eloquent, man. I got the right words, dude. No, I definitely have my faults, and um, but I've learned. You know, I've learned so much as a wife, and Gordon is very patient with me as well. All of my family say I'm a freaking princess. You know, given the way that Gordon treats me, and he 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 bends over backwards to serve this family, and he does. I give him all the credit for that. And me as a wife, I mean, I will say, like growing points for me. I'm gonna call myself out. <laughs> okay, <laughs> like. I'm always needing to do better at respecting you. Mm. And I feel like that's a big pitfall for me because I can get into the mode of um, being like girl power <laughs> and, and like... Um, oh, really? You would describe it as that, huh? Girl I don't know power? if it's... I'm, how would I describe it? It's like I get into the mode of like, you know, the typical things that we talk about, like, ah, oh, men are useless. And that's what I always want to veer away from because you're not. You know, hmm. the ver- you know the vernacular? Yeah, 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 yeah. But I didn't ever thought that you seriously thought that way. You would describe it as that? I would think that there are times. Huh. Yeah, there are times that I would revert to, and, and that's why I say I'm in progress. I feel like I do pretty well. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And I, I'm not comparing myself to anybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I'm like, I, f- I feel like I can, pr- I can keep that in check pretty well because I do respect you um, as a male. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, but, you know, I also have, like, the world around me. Sure. So, that, like, when you say, like, oh, you're such a dude, like, there's, like, a truth behind that? Uh-oh. <laughs> no, yes. no, no, really. Like, okay, okay. Okay, yeah, yeah. No, really. Like, yeah, yeah, okay. it's, it's kind of frustrating. But I try to keep it in check. So the fact that you don't know that I think that, I think that's that pretty, good. pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but if I'm going to be very honest, I feel like that's a growing point for me oh, as okay. a wife. So it's always, like, I always check myself. I'm, like, making sure that I respect you. And respecting you is not bending out, like, submissive to you, like mm, most yeah. people think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, I wanted to say that. Like, yeah. Like, it's not enabling me. Yes. Like, you're, no, 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 you don't have a problem with telling me the truth. Oh, oh, no, I yeah, don't. So. <laughs> no, actually, and I really appreciate that, even though it really hurts in the moment, but I, I, I'm a, I'm a better person, like, because you do speak up. That's not how you always saw it. I think you've grown to a place to well, appreciate whenever, that. Well, whenever it's <laughs> at the moment, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, I don't like it at all. Yeah. But, but when it comes to, you know, like resolving our argument and I need to be like, okay, I need to hear that. And yeah. Yeah. 
than it is ultimately like it's good it's good thank you yeah okay next one for me is um i'm a working mom um which is not abnormal right Uh, i'm a nurse um i'm not the type of nurse that you think though when you say nurse Mm -hmm. right i don't work at a hospital um and i don't give shots to anybody I'm not taking anybody's blood pressure. <laughs> you don't wear scrubs? I don't wear scrubs. Yeah. Nope. I do all my work at home. In fact, I have a very, very difficult time explaining to my family what it is that I do as a nurse. Most of my family don't believe that I do anything nurse related. <laughs> yeah. um, and so it's very hard for me to explain to anybody really um, what I do. But I am I am a working mom. And I... I, I I guess I combine that very intentionally because work is not my identity, um, but mom is my identity. Um, but I, there's a there's a different flavor to a working mom, yeah. you know, and mm-hmm. I, I I carry the burden of that, um, and I don't use that as a crutch either. So mm-hmm. this is an area again of growth for me, uh, but uh, it's hard. It's hard because um, you get to spend a lot more time with the kids, mm-hmm. and uh, there's always that guilt. Yeah for me so def- mom guilt is real mm-hmm. for for us working moms um and um yeah there's a there's an interesting flavor in our family too where um because i'm the i'm the one that is working and away from the home and you're the one at home with kids um there's an additional layer of like i'm almost a bad mom mm. because I'm not home with the kids. And so I'm, I'm less, um, like, yeah, I'm, I'm just a bad mom. Like, I don't, I don't know my kids or I don't know how to take care of them. Like there's that flavor. Wouldn't you say? Yeah. Um, that, that voice doesn't really come from anybody. Maybe, maybe from insensitive comments from extended family or something Mm -hmm. like jokes Mm -hmm. or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, but I also have to agree that, uh, our immediate community right now where we live mm-hmm. there's not a ton of working moms so mm-hmm. that that also brings the level of like what would you say guilt mm-hmm. but like i would i would relate it to the struggle that i have being a stay-at-home dad mm-hmm. like it's kind of like a similar struggle you have with being a working mom mm-hmm. you know that mm-hmm. it's kind of like um i don't know it is it is normalized i mean like yeah yeah you know like women should be able to work of course you know mm-hmm. um but yeah, there, there, there's always a sting to it, yeah. right? Yeah. And, but let's be real though. I mean, like, you're not away from the home. You're working from home. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Okay? Yeah. And, <laughs> and uh, I also have to say, like, yeah, I sp- the quantity of time I spend with the kids. Yeah, sure. Like, I spend a lot more quantity, but your your quality is, is up there, you know. Yeah. And and you you know your kids. Yeah. You know. Yeah. You know the kids, and right. and really, I can attest to that. And it's like, yeah, sure, you you can, you you boil broccoli till it's brown. Shut sure, up. Let's let's <laughs> let's not do that. Yeah. You know, but that doesn't make you any less of a mom. I mean, like, I remember when we were dating. I'm like, are you serious? Like, this thing's brown. You're, like, how do you turn a green vegetable into a brown vegetable? Shut like, up. I mean, like, no, I've I never abs- seen I that my whole life. I will absolutely own that. <laughs> so it's ridiculous. Like, are you kidding me? Like. This is this stove is on max, and you don't Shut you don't up. think to turn this off. Like, I like my vegetables mushy. Yeah. Okay. I mean, like this is odd. This is the this is the first 
<laughs> the first unattractive thing that I've seen about you. Like, you turned this vegetable brown. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. But other than that, honestly, like, I get the pressure. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, you're there. You're there for them. Right. And they know that. They treat you like that, too. You mean the kids? Yeah. That yeah. You're, that you're yeah, there for them. Yeah, I know. That you're available. I know. And that's, again, it's a growing point for me, right? Because it's not that I have to show the world <laughs> that I'm, I'm, I'm okay as a mom. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, um, that's part of me. Still a work in progress. And then I think the final thing is I am a recovering workaholic. Um, and I say recovering because this is definitely a very, very present struggle. Uh, Gordon can attest to mm-hmm. that. Um, most of my friends can attest to that. Like to the point where I have two of my closest uh, female friends um, who are my accountability. You know, they know that like I I pretty much fess up to them when I'm like, oh, I'm breaking my boundaries with work again. And you know, I ask them to pray for me, and they keep me accountable. They're my accountability, my partners, like mm-hmm. really an accountability for that struggle for me. Um, but. Uh, that is, yeah, that is a work in progress. And very, very honestly, like, I, I don't blame mom whatsoever. Mom, you're listening. If you're listening, I don't blame you whatsoever for this. So please don't take this, this the wrong way. Um, but really, like, my mom worked a lot. She continues to work a lot. Um, and that is the example that I saw uh, growing up. And I never saw that there was anything wrong with that. Um, she strived so hard. And you, you had access because of all because of all the work she put in. Yeah. Put in. Mm-hmm. So in my mind, working hard to that degree and like constantly working, yeah. it was really never like a bad thing, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. and like, there's so much in, involved in workaholism, right? Like, uh, the, you're, there's the perfectionist nature in me. Mm-hmm. I'm a very type A person. I like control. I don't like to surrender, yeah. um, and I like to have that control. So all of that bit like is factored into why like I struggle yeah. with workaholism mm-hmm. and and then on top of just living that life growing up it's like why would I ever want to change like working hard actually um got me too far mm-hmm. you know and yeah. so why is it a bad thing yeah. um until until I get really honest until I get really honest and you know when you you met me this was a big struggle mm-hmm yeah. And it was like I didn't have boundaries. Yeah. I was a people pleaser. I was um, very fearful of authority, so I would do anything and everything that authority told me to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was very unhealthy. And right? and I think just recently, like, not recently, but we had to say, like, yeah, working hard is good. Mm-hmm. But when you work so hard, something's got to give. Right. You know? Right, right. And... And when we started itemizing, like, what are you sacrificing mm-hmm. for a certain metric or performance at work? Yeah. It's like, okay, you know, but you got to know that you're sacrificing that. Right. You know? Right. And, and so that's that's where that American dream, that model minority thing, mm-hmm. maybe that that's not really told, you know? Mm. It's like, yeah, they sacrifice so much. It's like, yeah, but there's certain things maybe you shouldn't sacrifice. Yeah. You know? Yeah. If you have the choice. Okay. Right. Like, right. When we're talking about our immigrant, immigrant populations, like... Mm-hmm. Maybe they don't have a choice. Yeah. And so that's why you're saying you don't put that on them. Yep. But we're in a different place, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. so we're not more enlightened, but we're in a different situation. Yeah. And so, yeah. It's, so when I saw that, that it's just like, hey, like that sacrifices, you know, like my time with you or like, or like literally, yeah, when you would, when a superior would put like a, a project on you that 
I didn't think it was fair, but you would just like work on it uh-huh. without, you know, without uh-huh. even thinking about it. Uh-huh. Um, it's kind of like with you and your family. We talked that about, about that previously. It's just kind of like, do you not consider me? Like, yeah. you know, like you're yeah. that, that person's more important than me, you know? Yeah. And, and there were a lot of things where, um, that put a lot of strain, you know, yeah. on, on your other relationships, but especially, you know, between us. Between us, us yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Agree. And, and so really as I've matured and as I've, um, as God has continued to humble me with every season, you know, he puts us in a trial and he, he's, he's teaching us something more, right? And, and really the repeated lesson is a surrender, 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 let go of that. You don't have that control. You can't possibly have that control. And so again, work in process, progress. Um, and, and to this day, there are days where I do really well. And there are like periods where I'm off of work five o'clock every day, computers off. And then I regress. Yeah. I regress back into, Oh, six thirty, computer's still on, still checking emails. Right. Um, or on the weekend, flipping on my phone and, and checking the email there. And so it's almost worse that I work from home <laughs> because it requires even more discipline from me sure. mm-hmm. to separate that space. But I don't mind it because you're there's all like you're you're in a way always somewhat connected to us. Yeah. You know, because you can always you can still hear through the door. Right. And, and I I like that even though it is a greater temptation. Correct. You know? Correct. Well, and you've been very gracious too. You know, I remember when we had a lot more falling outs because of this, and we got to the place where I was like, hey, you know what? This is a struggle for me that is still very very real, very very present, and because it's so personal to you and me, it gets mm-hmm. in the way of yeah. the healing process. It's very sensitive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so there are just some things that like we know, like there are some things for you yeah. that I can't touch and that you I trust you to work on it on your own. Mm-hmm. And this was the one for me where I'm like, yeah. um, I have to respect you enough. Yes. Hey, I trust you're working on it. Correct. And I don't, I don't need to be your micromanager. Right. To be like, hey, it's five oh one. Exactly. Like, you know, and you know it's five oh one because you type A. You know, <laughs> like, don't even play it off. Walking out, and be like, oh, you know, you're late. You know, and, and you know, like yeah. that wouldn't do anything. If right. I, if I did that. But we had to have that conversation. Do you remember that conversation? Yeah, because I would say, because you're very matter of fact with me, and you know, and I'm not trying to take vengeance on you, but like, okay, you're type A, so let me just give you the objective facts. But like, you were very, you you were very defensive. It would, yeah, it it would, it would be unhealthy for me because I wasn't at a place yet to be like, too soon. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and I I feel like still, I mean, and and that's why you're still very gracious about it, and it's given me the space and freedom to to really confess to you more like okay i'm sorry that i got off 30 minutes late again Mm -hmm, you know and um as and so i've been very very grateful to you that you've given me the space to to kind of work this out because it's been years and it's still like not where i want it to be um because i do i like it's like one step forward two steps back you know it's a hard one but i've seen your growth though you know like i mean i would say like what six years ago mm-hmm. you know i drove you to sacramento and we, <laughs> stayed, we stayed at an extended stay oh, right yeah. and we only had our oldest at the time yeah and he was like one one or two years old yeah and because you had a you know a big a big uh business meeting yeah. at that site right you know right. and it was like a two-hour drive away so we stayed in a hotel and then i went to get like a water <laughs> you know at like you know eight in the morning yeah and and it's it's a hot place it's like you know summertime and 
Yeah. And so, like, I got the water. I'm carrying our oldest, like, two years old in one hand, a water <laughs> bottle in the other. And, and I didn't bring my key card because, you know, Allison's in the room. And I knock on the door, and she looks through the window, and she goes, I can't open the door. And I'm like, why? I'm on the phone with my boss. I don't care. She doesn't care. Open the door. And she wouldn't open the door. And seriously, I waited outside for like three minutes until the conversation was over. You know, and it, it had, you know, it was nothing. It was I nothing. Know. It was just kind of like, I'll nothing. see you at the meeting at 10. You know, yeah. it was like. It was more than that. It, it was like an email. Like, oh, can you forward this email to me? It's, yeah. it's no big deal. It, and it, even if I walked I in. I get it. Right? I get it. And so that's where you were <laughs> that's at. That's where right? I was at. Yeah. But I'm telling you, like, the growth that you have, even though, you know, you're late sometimes or you're checking your phone on the weekends, it's like, I, I've seen your growth. Thank you. You know? Mm-hmm. And so, like, I don't. I don't need to nitpick at small things mm. when I've when I've seen your effort and and all, all yeah all the all the hard work that you put in yeah and so it's like if I did micromanage you it would kind of almost like show that I disregarded all that effort yeah so I've seen it so you've come a long way you would totally let me in the the door now maybe. <laughs> 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 the, the way you looked at me was like I should understand. I know it's but so it's embarrassing. <laughs> so I'm like I don't care. All right, yeah, I know. Okay, that's where I, I'm pretty broken, a family. But yeah, that's those five things. Um, that's me. I'm still a work, very much a work in progress. And you know, if we were going to continue this pro- podcast, I'm sure we'll be adding more to our list of. You're all right. It's Identity. just brown vegetables, and you won't let me in the door. It's fine. Shut it's, up. It's pretty good. All right, we're done. That's me. All right. All right. See you guys. Bye.